Hello. Hello, hello. Happy Friday. How are you? How are you? <laughs> good. I'm good. I'm, uh, I am tired, but I'm good. It's been a long week. If you want to come up and speak, feel free to do so. What's going on, girl, in the verse? Hey, guys. I'm loving the music. Thank you. House of Fashion has started to become one of my favorites in the space, so I'm just going to request whoever is behind that page needs to come up. So. While we sitting here listening to music, you should be retweeting out the retweeting out the room. Azalea Banks. Oh, yeah. 
That's why I'm not saying anything. Little workout before the spaces. I'm giving dynamic shoulders. I think I'm giving arms. Little jazz hands, maybe. See, now I'm just imagining you as like one of those wacky inflatable arm people. (laughs) Try getting that out of your mind now. More like like the bankhead bounce. I don't know if you remember that. I refuse to believe that stacky can vibe can bounce. <laughs> All right, Shimon. All right, Shimon. We gonna turn this down a little bit so we can get started. I guess I had to. I mean, we had to bring in the mic for the vibes. I feel like sometime I'll be I'll be bringing in some chill energy. I think we needed some a little boost in the energy department. I approve. I do also. We all. Who is this? Somebody follow me. All right. So I know you shared, Matt. Thank you for co-hosting. By the way, you were handpicked. <laughs> I know, I know you. I feel uh, like the chosen one. You are here. You are the chosen one. You are. You really yes, are. Yes, make him stay the whole time. Exactly. We, I, I hate when Matt leaves Fashion Fridays. Like, where did Matt go? We need his insight. <laughs> I know, for real. Matt is like the fashion gem in the community. So here's your flowers. Too bad they don't got flowers. Oh, jeez. I love y'all. Oh, we love you. Oh, my God. Did y'all see that? They literally shut down um, most of London Fashion Week now. So that's what I wanted to talk about because I had no clue. So, you know, you go ahead, go ahead and lead that off because I never, first of all, I didn't even know London had Fashion Week, but um, that's my ignorance. I, I mumbled that for a reason. But uh, yeah, Matt, go ahead and lead us off. Well, Let's right now, all I know is Burberry is definitely confirmed to have canceled their show and uh, that's, and they're pretty much canceling most of their events throughout the week but i don't know fully what the roster is although i've been on the phone literally with our london team all day trying to figure out <laughs> what the hell's going on yeah I mean, Ber- I, burberry and raf simmons uh canceled as well I, I just don't think anybody's going i think that they're going to cancel the whole event honestly it, it makes sense right the, didn't they used to like shut down everything when a monarch like passes away like everything in london shut down you couldn't oh, even yeah. bread. I was there when Diana died, and that was wild, like wild, wild. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this. Also, to see what's they're going to do about like the Milan schedule in Paris. So I, I know there's a lot of things in flux right now. Oof. So 
But also during when everything in Ukraine happened, they still had Okator go off. So, you know, I mean, I'd be interested to see how it plays out. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We got Shekinah coming in, and we got Stacy in the audience. I wish you would. Because the Queens, this wire thing being canceled. I'm asking. Yeah. That, that's crazy. That is crazy. This lady, I mean, this billionaire, like, and she was 96. You know? True. I thought we were taking a moment of silence for the no, queen. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I was I was busy too busy trying to type London and I spelled it wrong, so I had to like kind of go back real fast and change it. But uh, before I got teased, but um, but yeah, she was she was an elderly woman. <laughs> I, I was honestly, I really think some people were waiting to see like when she was going to die, especially her son. <laughs> you know, because he's been trying to get in I guess position for a long time and and why didn't she retire but you know I guess I don't know she's too smart to retire she knew what she was doing did you really ask why she re- didn't retire <laughs> I don't know can can a queen retire <laughs> no her retirement is As, like like this was her, like she's about to have her know. retirement party I was gonna say she just retired Ooh, ooh. Did you do you even watch Game of Thrones? Do you even yes, know I did. How okay. I think that that's your don't accuracy insult me, ma'am. History. You're like Game of Thrones. Now that there is reality. <laughs> that is real history. <laughs> hey, no, but the, but the DJ, like how how is decided who who gets the thrones? That's how it works in real life. It's not that's not much different. Well, I as mean, we the learned at the Diddy, end of that, Daenerys. capitalism was the answer. Wasn't it? Or no, no, no. They were like, "Oh, we're just gonna create a government system." It, oh, that was the worst. Oh, yeah, the, the ending was terrible. Brand was trash, and that's that. Brand was absolute trash. Never did anything. Never did. Nothing. I, were you not half waiting for him to just like descend with like a flock of like gulls on someone just to like <laughs> ruin something? Like he really just laid around for the entire show for everyone else to work their asses off, and then he was just like, eh. Okay, I'm gonna take this shit. And then John sends John Snow gotta go to the fucking North. I'm like, what is his point of going? He literally suffered so everybody else could could do better. I don't get it. Like he had to find his path so he could be in position to do what he did. I think okay. they made him we should change this to the Game of Thrones, but I think they made him like like Jesus, Rage. right? He was like Jesus or something because he resurrected and then they basically forsaken him and sent him into the fucking wilderness. Like I guess no, he was character. he was the revenge for the dragon. Their whole little bloodline. Him and him and uh, the what's her the, the I don't want to say her name wrong. Daenerys. You know, Daenerys. Queen Daenerys. Yeah, they, they were they were they were like this storyline is so great for me. Like even though it's two hundred years before the new one that came out, um, it's so great because it's like it's telling to everything that happened in the first one. So I think it's perfect. No, but if you if you go back and look at the lore, because I used to watch and read the lore. Like they they were talking about this story, so you kind of know that Aegon, uh, her brother, is actually Aegon from the Game of Thrones. I think he's Aegon from the Game of Thrones. He was the the Watcher at the Wall, right? The old man at the Wall. That was him. He lived a very long life. I know. Oh my God, so nerdy. Shut up. He was alive in this one, I think. I think he's alive. yeah. He's I think the baby. I saw him. Oh, no, okay. he's, he's the baby. He's the, he's going to be the baby. His he's Rhaenyra's. 
brother, and he could and he and he forsakes the crown, but uh, to go, uh, yeah. Oh my god. And I'm still salty about that ending. I mean, if that's not the greatest come up story that you can see where she first began to actually regaining her throne and then the person closest to you brings you down. That's Shakespearean. That's family. I feel like that's all the time. That's like every family story. <laughs> but he didn't really know. Yeah. He kind of what you started. He kind of didn't know his history. From... It's fashion. Awesome from you. Cracking up. All That's right. what happens when you don't go to ancestry.com and find out who your family is and what the what the Whoa, where we <laughs> <laughs> So London Fashion Week, okay. Uh went all the way to not knowing who our ancestors are. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm adopted, right, so, so I don't know shit about shit. Yeah, we adopted you, man. It's okay. We love you. But um so so London Fashion Week's probably gonna be canceled. I hope nobody from Web3 is over there um, now waiting for that. I don't know. Is anybody over there? Well, there is that big NFT convention, too, happening in London, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's going to be canceled, too. Why they canceling stuff? Why don't they just pay homage to her, her fashion looks, and all the diamonds that she got from places she wasn't supposed to get them from, and like just give her homage at these fashion shows, and then call it a day? Like I don't, I don't understand what the cancellation for. That's We're the American. queen. Everybody gotta bow down. We're American. We don't understand the culture. I mean, it also is like it's this. You know, I think is England's last hurrah. You know, I, I'm interested really just to see uh, who pulls out first of the EU. <laughs> like, who who's pulls out the last one in the UK? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I think, given her age, uh, I, I definitely think a period of mourning, and and they can set a time to do that. But canceling thing, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I there's so especially these days. There's so much time, effort, money, and everything that goes into these things. It's just kind of crazy that, um, yeah, to to cancel the whole week. I, my personal opinion is definitely cancel some things, but the whole thing just makes no sense. So did they like give it a new date, or is it like canceled out like completely? There's no fashion week this week, this month, this year for uh, London. Like, what's going on? All we know right now is that it's canceled. Uh, they haven't set a new date. Yeah, and I'm just trying to think of, like, you know, I get Burberry and Wrath and, and them doing that and, and just being like, ah, we'll just move it to whatever because, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's not going to affect them a whole lot. But what about everyone else that's – you got these young designers, you got these up-and-comers, people that dropped a lot of money on there. Uh, on their events and, and whatnot. It just, it's going to crush certain people and, and certain people will make out just fine. So to me, it just, it, it's, it's a tough situation. I love to see a thread, like from a fashion person, like how she ruined fashion and like, you know, over the years, like the look she stole and didn't give credit. Like I like to see something like that. I've been, I've been thriving off the ne negativity though. Not, you know, I feel sad that she's dead or whatever. And like, I, you know, kind of follow that, but all of the, the backlash is really funny. So for fashion people, that would be really interesting. What she said, I thrive off of negativity. Just keep on bringing the uh, negative vibe. Can, can you elaborate uh, on that? I wasn't aware. You're you're saying that she <laughs> took people's fashions, like her. Designs? No, no, no. I'm not saying I know that. I'm saying like she's bullshitting. Like, 
because it's like she passed away and then instead of like a lot of morning posts like if you go look like under the post like for her name and like just what's trending like people are just shitting on her like they're like uh, like she's a horrible see- person like it maybe I feel like that was BBC, that's like London or something. Or something did like- you see <laughs> did you see the tweet money mom of like I told my mom the queen died and they said oh who Latifa I died this morning <laughs> Oh, I but, saw I saw all the tweets and just know I didn't share all the great ones because they were like too too far over that way and I got you know followers from from that from uh, UK and from London and I didn't want to offend them but it was hilarious like it's hilarious you guys when you have if you got some free time this weekend just go look it up if you want to you know laugh and find out all the horrible things she did um, definitely go I feel like you're about Twitter. to start your own thread you're gonna be like <laughs> did you know that the Queen colonized the color teal like you're gonna start that whole thread <laughs> i think i might do a private moment and share with people of all the great backlash tweets that that came out i think i might do that oh my goodness just just all full of negativity right but it's fashion <laughs> but it's fashion right did you guys uh did, did everyone see the the wrangler dead fellas thing you oh. happen to catch that yes that's all it. i got my jeans ready <laughs> so so uh girl in the verse actually uh did a, a dope uh video and she talked a little bit about the wrangler jeans and how everybody gets jeans so when you looked into that um girl in the verse did you see that does everybody get jeans do dead fella hold on nah. <laughs> <laughs> no i don't think everyone actually gets jeans um i think they're playing with some sort of denim but no, I was just, I was like referencing Oprah. Like, you get a car and you get jeans and we all get jeans. Um, no, I don't actually know if there's going to be a dead fella jean per se. But I know their team right now, that's that's what everyone, like, you know, the holders are tweeting. I'm not really sure if it's really going to be jeans, though. I mean, it's a partnership. And in the in the artwork, the, the character is wearing jeans. And it would exactly. be very odd if they didn't. But I think it's just going to be an opportunity to get jeans. I don't think they're going to, just for being holding, you're going to get a free pair of jeans. I would imagine that they would be able to purchase them at, at one point for for something. That, that's, that's what I imagine on that whole thing. Well, we'll see, James. I mean, so far, all these projects, I'll be honest, unless you hold the actual NFT, I don't really ever get a chance to get merch from product from projects unless I hold. So we'll see. Yeah, I just feel like um, they have a, like a loud page right now, but um, the details for that are going to be announced next week so that people will know. So that, that's what I'll say. I can't say too much more because obviously no position, but next week. So what's the strategy behind that? Because like dead fellas is like is it it's the little skulls, right? So what does Wrangler have to do with skulls is what I'm trying to figure out. I'm like, I, I mean, why didn't you guys pick a brand that kind of align with what you're doing? Maybe I don't know. It's uh, it's no, Wrangler's a heritage streetwear <laughs> brand. I mean, Wranglers are for Texans. That's for people who ride horses and shit. Like, like, people like, who are Wranglers. She's from Money Mom about. lives in Texas, so she's like, she yeah, 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 you're saying, but I think it's also more about like diversifying your brand too. You don't want to just be pigeonholed and 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 in one area. 
So it's also just a, you know, like we don't want to be web three bound, but want to definitely cross over, you know, into like mainstream. So it kind of offers that opportunity. I think on the other end, Wrangler wants to get into NFTs. And so they're looking at, you know, like what's a, what's a big project? What's a project that can get a lot of eyes on what we're doing in web three. So I think it's yeah, give and take. So that's what you said. Yeah, no, uh, Shekinah, you're, you're, you're correct. I mean, just so you know, Wrangler's done some NFT things and, and there's not been a whole lot of visibility into that. So I think you're on the money in terms of what they selected. But, but as far as the art's concerned, I actually think it's like, if you, if you look back in denim, like you take a little skull embroidery like that, um, that is very easily, uh, you can very easily incorporate that into into denim and you could probably do it very well. So I think the art choice was not bad um, if you look at the logo, right? I don't think they're going to grow into the IP art. I think they're going to probably focus on that logo um, because it is on the back of her shirt too in the in the image. So I'm imagining that's what they're going to do. Um, and I, I think that's cool. I think it's smart. I think it'll they'll, they'll be able to make some cool pieces off that. I yeah, mean, I mean, I can say I, I've seen the designs and they do look good. And so, no, it's not an actual, I mean, let's say it changed something. It's not an actual dead fella, like the actual cartoon looking zombie, but it's the logo and, and some other, you know, like dead fellas themed like art. So I will say every in real life event I've been to, dead fellas kills it every single time. So I'm not worried about design or anything. I just, I think it's cool. I think Halloween, what people are saying is why Wrangler, but if, if, if y'all are telling me Wrangler's been in the NFT space, then it makes sense. Because I've been hearing a lot of people laugh at the fact that it's Wrangler and let's say not Levi's, but if Wrangler's in the game, might as well partner with the, with someone who's in the game. Yeah, they've been trying. I was going to say Ed Hardy or something where tattoos and like something oh. like that, that's all in the mix. Like you guys have so many opportunities to do like Spencer's or some, some other brand that like you can actually use your art for to have Wrangler. I'm not hating. I mean, it's great. Like I'm going no, what I'm going to say that I'm just going to interrupt you and say, if you got the contacts to these people, hit me in the DMs and we will surely hit them up. It's also about like who's who's open to coming, reaching out. You know, it's it's not easy from a poor web three brand to, to, to connect with, you know, traditional brands. You know, that like with the way the market is, with you know, the all the FUD mainstream about NFTs. So it, it's not like, you know, the the desire isn't there. It's also who can who's interested. You know, we can we can do reaching out you know like where we can but also who's interested and then who can help us with contacts you know for those you know who we can pitch to and see if they would be interested so it's it's that as well i don't know nobody I'm else don't don't take me don't take me full literally uh i'm talking shit i don't got no connections to uh what you call it none of the aunt hardy or anything like that i'm just literally talking shit because that's what you know that's what i can do that's what I, I come to spaces to do no, no, it's all good, but I'm for, but I'm for real though. Too, if y'all got some connects, you know, hit me in the DMs, and and you know, I would say that we're certainly open. <laughs> Since you were saying that um, one of the reasons could be to diversify a brand, so do you know how it's going to function? Is it going to be available only for holders, or you're going to be able to buy a pair of jeans that has their stitching or their their branding on it? 
Yeah, again, I'm going to, I'll repeat this. As the lawyer, I'm going to say, wait until next week for that announcement. Like, I can't, I, I, I can't give those details, is what I would say. Ooh. Ooh. Look at me talking shit. The lawyer's in here. You got great for giving me a heads up, everybody. I thought we were talking stuff, and this is a safe Money, place. Mom, this ain't the, the lawyer. Literally. Is, for this. Yeah, it's a good like, No, no, no. That's, Don't that's, that's oh, why I'm on my right own here. account. <laughs> that's why I'm, I'm on my own account for this one, okay? I'm dying. <laughs> but yeah, so so Dead Fellas and Wrangler. And then we had uh Hermes, right? Am I saying it right? <laughs> then we had Hermes um <laughs> coming to the NFT space. And Matt, I think you wrote about that too. Matt, you the co-host now. I just pinned it. I pinned it. I'm on it. All right, so what's going on here, mate? Oh, dear God. Uh, so they just did their trademarking. So they're going to be entering into the space. Uh, oh. I, oh. Oh. I have a motorcycle that just pulled up. Give me one moment. <laughs> he's, he's, checking, he's checking something out. I'm, I'm, I'm just in Brooklyn. I'm just in Brooklyn. I live on a ground floor. It's very busy. It's very loud. I'm expecting a picture soon, Matthew. <laughs> Not <laughs> All right. So, uh, what I'm about gonna... Puma? Puma, Puma seems to be huh? coming in as well, trying Nate. to. Uh, sorry, am I? Sorry, I'm stopping. Uh, hold on. I was going to say the AMA's thing, but put... I don't know if Matt was going to finish on that or go go ahead in the Puma because I actually I, I was reading up on that earlier. I, I, I just did it too. Yeah, go go go, Matt. Go. <laughs> Oh, no, I pinned it to you. Sorry. There's literally like four motorcycles outside of my apartment, and it's very loud. So, sorry. Matt's a part of a motorcycle gang. He didn't want us to know. I mean, I'm a leather daddy. What do you expect? Yeah, that's right. Let's go. Without even, I'm going to say, without even looking at the Hermes um, trademark, I'm going to assume that they probably did a 1B um, filing, which means that they're planning to in the future but nowhere near soon which you know like isn't an, an if and like usually when you're doing 1a filing the product is ready and you've already sold it or yeah you you already sold it so i imagine they probably did a 1b filing so it doesn't mean that they'll be doing something like next month i mean it could be but it just means that they're planning to come into the space which i think is great for who they are yeah, yeah, one they, thing they, I actually wanted to ask about because I saw the Hermes thing, but I didn't know if they were actually going to be entering the space or if it was more of a defensive move because there was this project doing the the Meta Birkins, right? Um, so if you're going after somebody through an IP claim, you have to have that um, trademark. You have to have that whatever that um, that. Um, no, you don't. No, you don't. That's copyright. So it's good they, to have it for trademark, but with how big they are, not necessarily. They, like they wouldn't like they would be able to show that they'd be able to defend it and go, but they'd be able to defend it to show that they've been using it. So I wouldn't be worried about that. But if you think about it, that Meta Birkin came out, that issue or that court case started at the beginning of this year. These trademarks are recent. So why didn't they do it months ago? 
So I think they really are planning to enter the space as they fight that case. And I don't think they're going to have an issue. They're not going to have an issue fighting that case. I don't, I think they'll win with no issue. Yeah. hundred percent on that. And you're, and, and Shekinah, you're, you're correct. They're, they're definitely entering the space. I mean, the, if you look at what they filed, they filed for metaverses and marketplaces and currency and like the whole nine. I mean, they're, they're planning on coming in in a, in a pretty substantial way. Um, which, which once again, I'm, I'm here for, I'm very vocal about that. I think that we need, we need more of that bring, bring, bring in the money, bring in the education, um, you know, bring in the individuals, uh, and help onboard. Um, but I, I don't think they're, I don't think they're planning on dipping their toe in based on the filings that, that I read. And I think Matt actually pinned it to the top too. Um, but then there is the whole Puma thing too. So I don't know which direction, but Maddie, you, you, you got your hand up, chime in and, and money mom too. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, the group has already left, so I have somewhat silence. Uh, yeah, so they're definitely entering into the space. I think it's going to be most likely through small collaborations, but mostly it's their foray into protecting their provenance and doing similar things as like the Aura uh, blockchain and trying to engage on that level. Because right now, a huge element of it is they're losing so much money to the secondary market. They're trying to see how there's potential to operate within this space to counteract that secondary sales market and or get a piece of that pie. So I, I think there's going to be a huge, because uh, I'm getting sick of the word fidgetal, but like in the idea of uh, digital doubles and being able to create those kind of parallels is going to be a huge focus for a lot of the major luxury brands that are focusing on independent design when you know, they're going to structurally have the ability to protect their IPs or at least the legal basis to, you know, go through those cases. Also, Puma's just doing a ton of stuff. Like, they're literally just doing a ton of different little projects and they're at an accessible price point. So it's an interesting way to come into the space that's kind of contrary to the other sort of major streetwear companies that are entering in. So it's like Nike, Adidas, and then Puma. And you have like Nike basing itself off of heritage and buying a heritage brand to kind of keep in that through line. Then you have Adidas kind of dabbling in tech the way they always have is trying to be the height of tech sportswear. And then you have Puma just sort of being like, hey, we're the accessible, like chill with us kind of brother. It's kind of fun. Well, the the thing they just announced, though, was the Black Station um, thing that they're going to do, which I think is going to be much much higher end um and they're releasing some like nitro inferno and I, I don't even know what the name of their their whatevers are but they they're pretty they're pretty forward um i don't know if that's going to be at that same affordable price point or not but it doesn't look based on what i'm seeing it doesn't fit the bill for something that would be accessible so I just want to say I love when lawyers are in the space, like when we had discussions, because I always have questions. So my my question, uh, and anybody can take this, but do you guys think that uh, these bigger brands are partnering with NFT projects that are already established to kind of like test, you know, what they can do? And like, you know, even even around like legal stuff and like copywriting and, you know, all, all of that good stuff. Do you think they're more apt to like work with NFT projects who are like already here and like kind of doing something than coming in by themselves first off. Cause I'm seeing a lot of people like collab a lot of brands collaborating more so than just coming in on their own. And my thought is, 
if you already have the fan base or the customers, like all you have to do is kind of incorporate, you know, Web3 technology like uh, NFTs or whatever or the metaverse into what you're already doing. But I'm feeling like either they don't see that, like they don't see it as as accessible as it is or they're trying to like, you know, get in here legally, like inch their way in and try to figure out, you know, what they can do, kind of like put push the envelope to see. I know Clubhouse and I have talked about this a lot in the sense that technology and fashion is the slowest element. Like the fashion industry is one of the slowest to adopt any form of technology. So them being hesitant entering into the space isn't necessarily surprising. But the way that they're engaging, I'm impressed because they're seeing the benefits of operating community by community to try and understand the waters. I think a lot of it's because they're finding people that are already involved in those communities that have ties in with the company. So there's less of a, a, a liability in a way. I think they have more solidity by being able to collaborate with people that they already know that have a relationship with some of these bigger PFP projects or uh, communities. And I think within that, you're going to start seeing the different communities having the kind of brand identity in the same way that the luxury brands do because I, I think a lot of the upstart companies that are in these spaces are kind of like the new supremes they all have the ability to navigate the luxury quote-unquote market and the way to collaborate with these different brands in a way that necessarily <clears throat> they need to be able to operate within a digitalized space because now it's it's no longer just about having that like luxury label clout you need to be able to genuinely be able to establish yourself within a community and be able to deal with the one-on-one. -on -one. Like I know when we saw the uh, what happened with the Tiffany's and Punk's project and how that community really came around and was like, hey, we need to know the details on this. And that's an important new element that, you know, the luxury brands don't really want to deal with, but they're realizing they have to engage with it. So it's going to be these little project by project basis because it's going to enable them to learn on a smaller scale with less of a liability yeah that's that's spot on um and because matt and i've had so many conversations on this I, like take the wrangler sorry i'm on a rug there for a second take the take the wrangler example they they've been in the space for for a minute and they tried like their own little art thing and they had a, a, a pretty big web 2 artist um that they that they did something with that didn't necessarily have a large community here. So now what they're doing is they're going after someone with a big community. And I think what a lot of these brands do when they come in is they don't, they just don't, they don't understand the space. They don't have that kind of a community that's ingrained and that has the clout. So they look for that, right? They say, where can I align myself that makes the most sense with the brand that has a community that I can then say, see, look, I'm, we're, we're cool too. And then, then try and use that community as the underpinnings to begin building their own within Web3. Because the biggest mistake a Web2 company can have when they come into Web3 is just think that showing up means that they can take that community and say, here, we have a community. That's not a Web3 community. And in fact, um, they're going to be able to onboard most of those people, hopefully, but they're not a Web3 community yet. <laughs> They don't understand the space. They don't know what we, we react to, what we like, what we don't like, what you should say, what you shouldn't say. I mean, we've got our own language, right? 
Um, so I just think that it comes from a place of ignorance. Um, and I mean that, in, you know, in, in, in the nice way, right? Like, not like they're dumb. They just, they don't know. Um, so they they need to pin themselves to somebody that does. And, um, and to Matt's point, it's just, they, they're slow, man. <laughs> True fashion is very slow in terms of like adoption of anything, which is just, it, it boggles my mind. But anyway. Anyway, and like double stitch him, no way. We're not we're not adopting that until maybe two thousand and fifty three. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, a lot of fashion luxury houses did not adopt e-com for a very long time and it baffled me because it was just like easy money. So I just wanted before we continue the conversation, wanted to say, uh, you know, go ahead and tweet out the room. Actually, that pin tweet at the top. You and you will also receive a DM. That DM is the mint link to Clubhouse archives immediately. It's not it's not uh, spam. It is the official link. So you can feel free to click it. So go ahead and retweet that so you can receive the link to mint. But anyway, we can go ahead and continue back to the conversation about uh, the London Fashion Week cancellation, Hermes. I don't know. Am I saying this shit right? Um, and uh, Puma and other things. So I, I know I, I wanted to talk about something else too. Um, you know, I always like to talk about the future of tech, but go ahead, Matt. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Fendi. You can always talk about that. But I know she kind of she kind of had her hand up, so. Yeah, I just turned up to the top. The numbers, like somebody put up the Doom analytics for the um for the artifact Clonex. Like uh yeah, like just the numbers on what they made on that. And if you want to talk about that, like it, it was in total like a um eleven and a half million and seven million of that was just from the Air Force One speakers. So that seems to be the thing that everyone wanted, even though they have given no date on when you can get physicals of the sneakers. Um, but yeah, if anybody wanted to talk about that, I don't, I don't know, but the, I pinned it to the top to get all the full numbers and all the details on the, on the, on the stats. So kind of, you're like my spirit animal because I was literally going to go there. Um, I, I was just kind of waiting for somebody to segue. So I think on the apparel side, which is really interesting, I think they only did 18%. Now let's put it into reality. Like there was like 60,000, um, options there which is crazy, um, massive, massive um, supply. Um, so 18% still rolled out to like, I think 14,000 units or something. Um, so kudos to them, massive uh, amount of revenue on that. And I think this is an example, um, you know, cause someone had p- uh, pinged me earlier and like, hey, 18%, like, does that worry you? And I said, no, look at the supply and look at the overall units. And I think what that actually does is that shows you like there's 14,000 individuals in this space um, that are interested in some sort of digital wearable um, and or physical good, if we want to call that digital. Um, at this point, by the way, we are still allowed to use that until that there is a registration on that. That's how that all works. Um, uh, then then I, I, I do believe that that, that kind of shows that there's um, there's a growing there's a growing need and desire there. Um really interesting and, and it's it's pretty awesome to see this brand grow um the supply shocked me a little bit in terms of of what they did there but um i think that i think kudos to them um that really that's once again going to just kind of help 
help the cause and help things grow in my opinion should kind of i don't know if you had any any thoughts on that yourself that's kind of what i saw i mean i didn't like the design so i didn't meant my human i didn't meant my robot all i did was just buy some murakami drip so i bought murakami socks the sneakers that the baseball cap and the short sleeve shirt i don't know if i'm gonna buy a hoodie I don't know because the quality that they showed in the pictures don't seem to be that good. So I might just stick to what I have. Yeah. And you know, there's something to be said about that. We talk about this all the time. That, that, some of that's boggling me. And I, I wish I could get my hands on, on some of it to really understand, but I've been noticing some of that, you know, and it's just kind of like, I'm trying to understand the angle, uh, of it and 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 i guess the i don't know if that's out of necessity out of and i can't think because of the connection that it's that it's out of lack of of accessibility to the right factories um i almost feel like it's intentional thinking like that's that's what's going to garner the best response given the the demographic uh if that makes sense right like almost like that kind of like that crispy hard um hoodie uh, which is definitely more, you know, skews more towards street, but I don't think that that's the right perception in terms of what they should be after, um, given the feedback that they've heard and that we've all heard in this space. So that that's just my that's just my viewpoint. That doesn't make it right. That's just kind of how I see the world at the moment. Anyway. Moment of silence for um... for the queen. <laughs> I was, I was like, that wasn't supposed to be a mic drop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, my I've been to design for the top so people can see what I'm talking about. I'll be right back. Sorry, I'm just looking at that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, you know, Shikana, I'll be honest. I didn't, I didn't see that, and now I see it, and and that's even worse. <laughs> that's even worse than what I thought. Yeah, it's it, it not okay. And I keep telling that community, I'm a part of that community. I'm like, criticism is okay. Y'all spending thousands of dollars on this shit. <laughs> this it's is giving me that, ma. Like, they, so they're paying. Like, you pay for the clown. And are you paying for these clothes and they not up the par? That just, I don't, that's just, that, that blows me away. They have the resources. They have the capability. And I guess that just kind of shows you the inner workings of the deal. Cause I don't, or, or the, not the inner workings of the deal, but almost like the attention span on the other side of this. They're like, yeah, there's a small division running this. We're kind of letting them do their thing, obviously. Um, because this doesn't speak to what it should be given the the partnership. And in my opinion, I don't know if anybody else has an opinion on that. I mean, do you think that it's <clears throat> in part just the access to production for a limited run? Like, I, I know a lot of designers that have issues with being able to just access production for small runs like that to even, you know, create consistency. So especially when it's a brand trying to do something, I, I, I mean, it, to me, the amount of time frame that they're most likely having to do this is rushed for them. So I'm just trying to imagine 
you know, how many runs they were even allowed to do in like testing the products in production to produce a good product. Yeah, uh, that that I don't, I can't speak to. That. I'm just, I, I guess I was talking from an aesthetic standpoint, which I think is what oh, you no. kind of was talking. Oh, no, about I as agree. Well. It looks like Boonky Vetma. Like the, it, it's not exactly exciting me, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, I get it. If it's treating a community that's asking for that aesthetic, then okay, go for it. Loves it. Yeah, that could be part of it. I mean, that's, I mean, based on everything that's been put out at this point, it, it definitely is in line, but I, I don't, I don't necessarily, and once again, just my opinion doesn't make it right. That just doesn't look like the best foot forward there. And it does look rushed. Um, probably could have been done to a point where, and that's the other thing is that's a massive community. So like really is the voice of the community being heard in, in that sense? Um, or is there, you know, like think about, you know, I think about somebody like Doodles or, I think about um, some of these other. All right, actually, Board Ape is a perfect example. Like, there are a number of Board Apes that I know um, personally that we talk all the time, and they're like, you know, where is just like a polo with with the simple logo? Where's like something that I can rock? Like everything is over the top. So, is the community like is the voice of the community really heard when these design uh, decisions are made, or is it a couple individuals in the room? And I've been in these rooms before. Um, you know, these types of rooms where somebody looks at, oh, that's sick. And then they, and then it's just like everybody gets on board with it. And then you put it out and you're like, all right, well, these three people thought it was sick. Um, and then there's, you know, the rest of everybody, no, nobody bought it. So I'm just curious if a little bit of that is going on. I I would lean towards that, just knowing how, how decisions like this can sometimes be made um, rather than like a full consultation of the community to say, hey, you know, what about these types of items? Is there a number out of how many people have gone ahead and actually forged an item already? Yeah, there is. So if you go to the pin tweet, the was it the third pin tweet, the, the, the yeah, the most of the most recent, there's the, all the analytics are there. So I think it's fifty one thousand that's been you know yeah that's been forged or like or is forged is what they would call it. But you can see the numbers there though. And I think a majority of that was footwear. Am I, am I correct on that, Shekinah? Yes, we want the sneakers, but we don't know when the sneakers are going to be turned into physical. They, Which they put, so, like any of the sneakers, like, so they have, they've been given a date on the sneakers, but that's what everyone has been buying. Um, they said that the, what is it, the, the socks, the t-shirts, the hats are going to be, are, are going to be delivered already end of end of January next year and then the jackets will be ready um, April 2023 so and I got that from the email because I did forge like I said I got I, I forged with the, the free t-shirts that they gave and then my more comedy stuff and that's what the email said those are the dates so so the point of that then if you if you that's what I was somebody had pinged me before on they're like hey only 18% sell through on the on the apparel um, so how's to your question, like in terms of metrics, like that's not, that's not great. So the community kind of spoke in that regard. Um, and they said, Hey, we want the, we want the shoes. Like we knew, we knew that was a foregone conclusion with Nike involved. Like, I mean, I would have been blown out of my, my seat had that not been successful. Um, but on the apparel side, um, 
you know, people speak with their wallet. And when, when that comes out and that's, that's the result at this juncture, that doesn't mean what it's going to be tomorrow or the next, I don't know how long it's going to be open for actually. Um, but I, I can tell you that that at first glance doesn't look great in terms of um, the metrics. We doing another moment of silence for the queen. Sorry, I'm just looking at the clothes. Yeah, I was dumbfounded by the clothes as well. So I'm here kind of like hypnotized. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, we've been, I've been screaming this for a minute. And, and I, it's, here's the thing you don't know, you just don't know the deal that's behind closed door. I, I can, I can tell you, I've spoken to some pretty decent sized projects and some things that have been said outwardly um, that you would think, oh, okay, so they're going to go in this direction because of X, Y, and Z that I found out like, no, X, Y, and Z is not even involved on the apparel side of this business. And that just blows my mind because it's, it's, it's one of those perceptions uh, versus reality kind of situations where I think the perception of the community is you brought on X, Y, Z, and now we're going to get to this. And then behind closed doors, you come to find out that like those people aren't even going to be involved in that side of the business. And you're like, wait, what? Um, so I, I just, yeah, I mean, once again, I go back to saying that the that the blockchain is very transparent, but Web3 uh, is most decidedly not. And I stand by that um, based on the more and more things that I, I keep hearing in terms of what's going on behind closed doors. Web3 definitely isn't transparent. Not at all. Uh, but we have Val up here. Hey, Val, welcome to the show. Hey, GM, welcome. everyone. Sorry I'm tuning in late. <laughs> G- How dare you? I know. What the hell? This is my first priority in life. Come on. It definitely it definitely should be. <laughs> no, but the show usually doesn't get started until like 6 o'clock anyway. That's when everybody wants to uh, pile in. That's why, you know, fashionably late, I guess, right? The party don't start till I walk in. Let's be real. No, it might not. I don't know. So, what what do you guys? What do you have 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 going on, Val? And um, have you heard about the London Fashion Week cancellation? How you feel about that? Yeah, I saw like Burberry kind of kicked off that trend. Um, you know what? I think it's the right thing to do. I think it's going to be interesting to see. Like right now, Burberry is one of. I mean, obviously they're making sales, but like as far as luxury brands go, they're towards the bottom. They're not doing great numbers. Um, so I think that this is good press for them. I, I know that's terrible to say like, oh, somebody died and this is good press for you. But like, I, I think it was the right move. And I think that being like, okay, we're going to be the first ones to say like, we canceled our show. Then subsequently, like all other London fashion designers obviously have to follow suit because like, you know, the entire country goes into this like crazy state of mourning someone they've never met. But it's like, I don't know, I'm not from London. So I don't really know en- enough about this whole like queen thing. But like, just from a business perspective, I think that it's a good move because it shows them as a leader in the space, whereas they've kind of been tired. I don't want to be like an asshole, but like, I feel like Burberry is tired, even like with a new creative director and everything. Like, I just don't think they've been able to make the mark that they've wanted to recently. And I think that this is 
um, you know, showing that they're leaders in the space. Like they're not really, I, I, I think that it's going to be interesting to see like, okay, the entire community is going to follow like, okay, how are they going to present their collection? Like, are they going to do it? Like, how dope would it be if they did it on the metaverse instead? I don't think they're going to, like, work that up in, like, two seconds and just make it happen. But, like, just, like, how are they going to present this? Is it just going to go, like, in magazines? Like, how are we all going to find out, like, what is this collection? Are we just going to have, like, are they going to have a show, like, instead of, like, a big fashion show? Are they going to have just, like, a presentation? Like, what is, what is canceling? What does that really mean for them? And, I'm excited. I'm just excited to see how it plays out. Um, you know, a fashion show is also very expensive. So I think like from a business perspective, they're probably like, oh, hell yeah, we get to save millions of dollars. Um, but yeah, I just, there's a lot at play. And there's, you know, there's just so much to find out. And I'm excited. Like, I know that's terrible to be like, oh, she died. I'm excited. But I'm excited to see how, because like, think about it. Like, how often do we see these kind of like, historical things happen like I'm I'm like so obsessed with fashion history where it's like I want to see like how fashion reacts to this like huge moment in history like I want to see like how like you know like do they do like a nod to the queen like somehow in the collection do they make changes do they edit it like I just really want to see like what the reaction is beyond canceling the show like how do they present it and like not just like I, I don't know. There's just, there's, there's a lot of things to it and I'm talking too much, but you know, you know what I'm saying? I think Money Mom said the same thing earlier. Like why, why cancel the event? Why not just give a nod to the queen? Right. Have you guys seen her? Like, especially in her younger days when she's like out, like colonizing, she has on like furs and all type of stuff. Like they, they really should look into that, like pay some homage to her in fashion. It's interesting because, like, I always had this, like, very negative perspective of, like, the monarchy and all of this. And, like, especially after, like, how they've treated Meghan Markle. And, like, I, I don't know. I just feel, like, this negative tone to her. And then, like, after she died yesterday, I've been hearing all these great stories and stuff. And I wonder how long that'll last. And I wonder, like, how much of this is really um, authentic and how much, like, how much do you, because I've never been to London and I've never been there. It's like, how much do people really genuinely care about her? Um, just because like, it's like, for me, I just never felt that she was, you know, it's awesome to have a female that like people look up to, like, you know, the, I'm all about like shattering that glass ceiling, but at the same time, it's like, it's just so outdated. It's this like white woman who's like, just trying to like, you know, be like, I'm better than you, blah, 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 all this shit. It's just tired to me. And like, I feel like it's a little bit snooty and like outdated and bullshit. Um, sorry for the language. But like, I just feel like why, like, it would be really cool if a brand was just like, fuck the patriarchy and like all this shit and came out with like a collection that was kind of a little bit more like offensive. And I don't know if that's cool to say, but like, in my opinion, like fashion is really about expression and surprise. And I'm not saying like turn into Philip Klein, but like, I would like to see like, if it was like, if Alexander McQueen was still alive, he definitely he was so political, like he definitely would have made a statement on this by now. And I think that like, like, I would love Burberry to fill those shoes, but I think they're just a little too safe. I just 
I w- I'm really waiting to see someone like say something. I'm I'm so glad that you brought up McQueen on that. I was just going to say that the people have taken shots like that in the past. Um, I don't know how many leaders like that necessarily are still left. And you got to remember, Burberry's iconic, so they almost go along with the crown in terms of like, I don't I don't see them stepping up and doing that at all. I just think that that's just very not what what they are. So I don't expect that from them. Um, I, 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 I get your point. I actually said before is a whole week. Like, I don't know if it's, if it's, I don't know if it was wise for an entire week to get shut down. There's, you know, you said that uh, people are going to save money. I think just the opposite. I think there's a lot of people that will inevitably end up losing um, a lot of money and not to say that, that her death should, uh, you know, that everybody should monetize uh, during the time of mourning, but, but to lose out completely on the entire week and to shut the whole thing down. Um, yeah. I just think maybe that's, that's perhaps um, very, very traditional. Right. And I don't know if today's modern individual um, would, would, if they, if they polled people, if that would be the decision that, that would be overwhelming in terms of that. Maddie, go ahead. So uh, like just quickly, well, there's two things I wanted. One, I, I, as soon as you mentioned McQueen, one of my favorite little fun facts about him was when he used to have to work for a lot of aristocrats uh, and create these like opulent gowns for them. And he was doing the underpinnings. He used to wrote, write things like fuck the aristocracy and sort of like different things. And they would be wearing the garments and never know because it was done on the underpinnings of the twalls. And they only would find out if they had to have it resized or something ripped and you'd be able to see this. So you can only imagine how many aristocrats out there might be wandering around or even at this funeral wearing an old McQueen that might just say, like, fuck the patriarchy or whatever. But that's one of my favorite little things. But beyond that, when it comes to England, the one thing you have to remember is they are the best with pageantry. And this is a situation that they're experts at. And God only knows they've been planning her death for years. So if you're thinking in a financial aspect of this, as a brand coming out of the UK or as luxury brands in the UK, this is one of the best pageantry moments that they're going to have to showcase the artistry of a region. And it might help because if you look at like Burberry's last time that they had a big sort of boost was that kind of Anglophile build up after Diana passed and how everyone was kind of re-engaging into, you know, hyper branding and Burberry found its footing in there and everyone sort of jumped into that sort of waspy prep aesthetic. And you kind of have that swath that could potentially be used as a marketing tool now, especially when preppy is becoming a sedentary, mild trend starting to re recontextualize. But when you're thinking about the idea of what they're going to be able to do, it's a pageant, it's going to be performance, and it's going to be fashion. So one of the big things is designers right now are going to be able to recontextualize their perception on what English dressing is, it's going to have its like trending moment coming up. And it's going to be part of a zeitgeist going forward for a short time, depending on how the political and social mood takes it. Oh, my God, you just like, I think I just like, oh, my God. Okay, when you say zeitgeist, it literally makes me like, I, I feel like I get too like sexual on here, but like it like makes me like hot. Um, because nobody in like real life like knows like to speak to me about Zeitgeist and that's like my that's like you can talk to me about Zeitgeist all day. But yes, I definitely think that this is gonna change like this is gonna have a major impact on fashion, not just in 
that country, but like across the world, like this is like as much as like, I don't, I don't really care. No offense. Like, I don't really care about the queen or anything, but like when we think of fashion, we think of world events, like world events like this do impact fashion. It impacts trends and like the way that we see them mourning and all of that, like how they have been preparing about this for years. Like, oh my goodness, yes, yes. They've probably already contracted designers to like have something in their closet ready. Like these people, these are people who travel with a black outfit at all times, just in case someone dies. Like these are people who are like ready for death. And like for the queen's death, you know they're ready to like have a look. And it's not just gonna be like, oh yeah, I had something black in my closet. It's gonna be like a look because like, this woman is in her late 90s. That's how often this happens. Very rare. We're, we're probably, we might never see this again in our lifetime. So like when we see these trends, I mean, just think of like the royal weddings, for example, and how much like people were trying to like get that look and they were wearing fascinators and all of that. Like this is going to be a moment that changes the zeitgeist across the world. So do you think, do you think it now, you know, wearing black is going to be like the trend now? No, no, no. It's silhouettes. It's about silhouettes and even just certain types of craftsmanship. I I mean, a a random kind of reference is, uh, uh, oh God, Amelda Marcos, when they had the pageantry of her uh, holding the, I think it was like Miss Universe. And all of a sudden you saw that Filipino shoulder being used again and again. And it culturally became part of how women were dressing for a short time. I'm not even saying it's going to be a long like form trend, but you're going to see things, even just how the hemlines are cut, where the neckline, what kind of jewelry, like this is on multiple levels of how people are going to be presenting themselves for this. And, you know, it's a big moment too for all these sort of figures that honestly we're we're about to also see sort of the breakdown of who's going to stay within the UK. What a land without her, who's been the longest reigning monarch, which is a stability. When you lose that kind of stability, what is going to take hold as a new cultural zeitgeist, even cross-culturally and thinking how many, you know, nations are technically still under that purview, like Australia. Imagine as soon as sort of the pageantry is over, you're going to have sort of this, who's going to step away now that they're not just trying to show, you know, good faith to her, because I don't feel there's the same loyalty to the sun. Again, I'm not a political analyst, but I'm just thinking culturally, as we're looking at who is an engager in cultural history and in the fashions of history, it's like, Look at those who are on the outskirts more so than just the primary figureheads that really affect it. Like you have Wallace and uh, Edward and how they affected an entire cultural history in fashion. And now you're going to also see, you know, an independence not necessarily being so Eurocentric, potentially. You're going to see this kind of mixed... uh, Like I always look at Australia as an amazing kind of commodifiable pool of ideas because... They have such a Asian-centric perception on things, but it's also very Eurocentric. So you see this interesting parallel between the two communities in a way that, you know, is very independent of their own. So seeing that kind of voice having its own stake rather than it being so much attached to the UK is going to be a real shift culturally that I think we're all going to start seeing. But 
also just the barriers alone. It's going to be a moment where fundamentally, I think we're going to have more of a conversation of us as a global community and not necessarily as isolationists. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how, how much of a, of a difference it's going to make um, in terms of the cultural movement because of how her age and the expectation that she was going to pass. I think when we see those massive cultural movements, it was when, it, when it's a shock to the system. And like, for example, you know, 2001, the United States was completely shocked um, by the attack, right? Um, and when those towers fell, you had this massive patriotic movement throughout the United States and denim um, from like probably 2002, 2003, all the way until 2010 became this massive movement because denim is very American. Denim is very patriotic um, in the States and, and it had this, this run because it was that cultural movement of that. And, and I think that's once again, just because of the kind of the shock to the system. So I, I agree with you, Matt, in terms of the culture. I just, I think they come more out of things that like are a massive, like that send massive shockwaves. I don't know if this will or not. I mean, I'm not, I'm not English. I'm not from, from London. Um, so I, I, I can't tell you whether or not um, that is, I can't really speak to it intelligently. I just, I, I feel like there was an expectation that she was going to pass. So I, I don't know if this is reverberating in the same way. I think there was always like, for example, both Royal weddings, like there was an expectation of that. And it, like both of them created major trends, like, that funneled down even to like fast fashion. Like it just, it funneled down to every level of fashion. Sarah Burton became commodifiable. Yeah. Like I think that, and depending on who goes and attends this, like, as well as like, we're out of, you know, we're out of the, like, I'm not going to say we're out of the pandemic because there's like still people dying and stuff, but like we're out of like the darkness of the pandemic. We're like out of like, you know, things are looking up economically for us. And there's just like so many different, I think that it's like interesting because there's reasons to celebrate. So I think that like, despite all the clothes being black and stuff, I do think that Matt has a point with like the silhouettes and stuff because people are going to want like, um, you know, people are planning events such as like weddings and all of these things that they were kind of postponing for a really long time. And I know a lot of those events have already happened this week, like this week, this summer, but there's still a lot of people that are like planning all of those things. And I think that um, events like that are going to be affected. Um, but this all depends on like who's in attendance. And I think because it was not like, I don't know, like, I think that like, if you think about sorry I'm thinking out loud here but like if you think about like Princess Diana dying I think that obviously is like more impactful for a lot of people um but there's just so much discussion um you know there's just so much discussion about what's happening over there and you know I I think that there's like a lot of turmoil just within that family um so even if designers don't do it, I think that at the funeral, there might even be like some sort of like just hemlines and like ways that people are like, oh, this isn't proper. Like there's very small signals that people are like, this isn't proper. This isn't appropriate, whatever. And like it might be like a way of people revolting, almost kind of like how Michelle Obama was like, I'm going to wear a sleeveless dress. Like I, little things like that. I don't think it's going to like change fashion like hugely like iconically but like just little things like that where it's like maybe there's one little trend that like sifts out that feels getting a work call 
Um, I've got to go, but but you know what I mean. Okay, I'm gonna go. You're completely. It's all about the outliers. Be, I mean, like, look at when Beatrice and her sister were walking up, and everyone was like dying over that they looked like the two from um, what was it, Cinderella? And then all of a sudden, people were into like quirky, funny fascinators. I'm not saying this is like a cultural movement for the better. I'm saying it's more so you're gonna see those kind of trend forecasting things developed because it is going to be a global set of eyes onto an event. Similar to how the Oscars or any of these big Emmy events that are going on, you know, there are those signifiers that then correlates to prom culture even. So you're going to see this on multiple facets of where the structure of fashion is going to be engaging. But you're also going to start seeing a tonal change as far as how and what markets are actually being engaged with now because of not necessarily her cultural relevancy to fashion, but the systemic cultural shift that's now starting to happen with this kind of signifier of an old guard ending is kind of how I'm looking at it. And you're seeing a lot of the conversations about how do we all work towards a future. And I think, you know, Web3 is going to play a huge part in that. And especially us as individuals engaging in the world of fashion, we know that fashion is one of the first ones to have that visual reaction and you're going to see things in exactly as you were saying in the hemlines in the cuts in how people are wearing jewelry in how people are not wearing things in how people are or are not engaging in something so it's going to be an important moment for all of us to pay attention because usually we allow these moments to pass by but trying to be the educated audience that we are trying to be is about really paying attention to start seeing those signaling threads that are going to shift our cultural future oh and by the way i wasn't disagreeing with um with your silhouette um comment i actually think a lot of trends are going to end up coming out of this she brought up val val brought up something really important though um she brought up covid and and the pandemic i actually I, i actually think one will argue and history will show when we get far enough away from this that the digital fashion revolution was probably started because of the pandemic, because us all being indoors in front of our computers um, and pushing blockchain technology forward. So um, very poignant um, point that actually made me think, um, because we've said this before, that I don't think we would have had such a, a, a an acceleration in digital fashion and, and blockchain and NFTs uh, had it not been for the pandemic. But Money Mom, you threw your hand up and, and then uh, Juge. Uh, Money Mom, what's up? I just wanted to point out that I shared uh, some some fashion posts for, from the Queen. And I think um, as far as like influence, I think it's going to influence black Baptist churches the most with the church hats and the, the church suits that they got going on. Uh, I can't really say like, <laughs> like I see the and prom. That was a good one, Matt. Um, prom, like, you know, like how the pageantry is and stuff like that. But I really like it just like all her older fashion like since she's like i don't know like 50 and up it just looks like regular like church outfits i see like black women wearing the church the church hats and stuff like that like i'm personally not interested in it like i don't know like it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be interesting to see like all this stuff that you guys are saying because i'm just like it's church hats like even when they like people are making a big deal when they're like meeting up and everybody got on church hats or weddings and stuff and i'm just like they're church hats i don't know like i I guess that's a cool you know that they get them handmade and stuff but like i'm just not interested no, I mean church hats. I mean they got some nice church hats now. Don't don't um 
Don't hate on Gwendolyn. No, ain't so, no wrong. Ain't no wrong. Her cast, her cast, but what audience does it appeal to? Right, the the church ladies, the the older church lady crowd. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you my church hat because I definitely just ordered one. It's huge too. It's a big white hat, and I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna put a feather in it. Just for <laughs> oh, you. snap! Oh, snap! Kentucky, Kentucky Derby. Kentucky. That's a good point too. Like that's that's big too. People like those hats. So you know what? It might be a huge. <laughs> See, I was not in there with one the first time I went to a Baptist church that men did not, too, get to wear church hats. So uh, that was a quick lesson. I'm glad you did. If you did wear that hat, I'm glad you wore it. Oh, my friend oh, let me friend sit with her grandma car the entire time, not letting me know. And no one in that car helped me. It, it, was, a good <laughs> it was a good day. It would have been so fun. It's so fun to see. Juge, what's up? Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me up. Uh, you're talking about uh, the Queen and her funeral and all that. I'm just wondering, um, how do you think NFTs are going to play into this? They've already, I've already seen. I mean, I think I already saw a collection. Am I am I wrong in that or am I? No, 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 no. I don't. No, no, I, don't no. I don't mean. I don't mean shit like um, Queen 10K PFE. None of that shit. I'm talking from the point of view of uh, fashion. How is fashion and NFTs, how are they both going to come together during uh, what effectively is going to be the Queen's funeral? Fashion, mm. fashion, I can see. But what's NFTs going to do? Go ahead, Money Mark. Maybe they'll tokenize all of her old outfits and, you know, sell them or something like that. Like maybe they'll be on the, the outfits to be on the blockchain. Because, um, you know, when when famous people die, like they perform or, you know, like even people in like royal families, like they always either have a collection of like their jewels and outfits. Maybe that's like something for the rich. Like maybe they're like, I want her church hat from the event on September 8th, 1895. I don't know. I think at the simplest note, it's going to be, like, a lot of Union Jacks in things. Like, there's just going to be a lot of Union Jacks. It's like Spice World all over again. Anybody else have the answer to this question? No, I don't know how, how, how it's going to react. You, ne you never know. With, with, especially in NFTs. It, it could go in a thousand different directions. Um, but I, I think what Money Mom actually said isn't a terrible idea um you know i wouldn't be shocked if we saw something of that nature i don't know how i don't know if it's going to reverberate through in terms of like trends of anything you might see in digital fashion um an nft or, or not I, I i doubt that um but I, i'm curious if there is a web3 event somebody brought up this question in the beginning and i actually wanted to circle to it because Web3 is a little different, right? Like, it's tough to get us, especially when we get out IRL doing things, um, to stop that train when it's when it's moving. So I think there's a Web3 event going on during this whole thing, and I'm curious to know if that's going to get canceled or if that's still going to go on. NFT London, right? I'm not sure what exactly it is. If, it, if it's NFT London, then that's that's pretty major. But but um, I think there is some sort of Web3 event going on during this during fashion week, just like yeah, it's on. NFT London. So any any, any word on any word that? that? I don't think they cancel on that. They disrespectful. I just don't feel like Web three. I mean, people who are in Web three really care about you know monarchies or. It's not about the monarchy. State, state order. 
you think the state you think you think they're not going to do it? Well, they might just well, close down venues in like a day of you know national remembrance. Nobody really cares over here. So wait, so that's a that's a good. So I'm I'm glad that that you're up here then. So. I was making that point before and, and I wasn't trying to be rude or, or whatever. I, I was literally just making an observation that I don't know from a traditional sense if it's what it used to be. And, and it sounds like you're over there and I, I could be wrong. But so is that the perception right now? Is it not as, as a big of a deal as as some people might think? Oh, no, don't get me wrong. It is a big deal. Our head of state has died and she's the head of state of other countries as well, such as um, Canada I think Bermuda and a few others. Um, a lot of the older generation who grew up with her, um, they're all in tears. Uh, when I say older generation, I'm talking about, say, 50, 60, 70 plus. A lot of the uh, younger folk like me who are Republicans um, and are sort of against the monarchy, we frankly couldn't give a fuck. Um, yes, I know it's sad that she passed away, um, she had a good innings. She was, I think, 96, 97 years old. You know, she led a, a fantastic and privileged life. But, you know, everybody has to pass away. I'm not celebrating her death. Absolutely not. And I don't think anyone is celebrating her death because it's sad when someone dies. But what we are saying is, um, yeah, okay, she died. So what? You know, lots of other people die every single day, but we don't make a big enough fuss about them. Uh so yeah, there's. I don't want to get too political, but it is deeply rooted into um, politics and the inequality in in Britain. Uh, <clears throat> there is going to be a step change. I don't think the royal family is going to be the same as it currently is. Uh, Queen Elizabeth was from a generation that saw through, you know, the Cold War, World War Two. The father saw through World War II, World War One, and all sorts of other things. We're now in a digital age whereby people see injustices. People um, sort of look up about past injustices. I mean, let's take the royal family since they're they're the subject of contention here. Um, you know, they're it's hereditary, isn't it? Um, you know, you just you have that royal bloodline and all of a sudden you're a king or a queen or a prince and they've never worked a day in their life. They've absolutely pillaged resource from Africa and Asia. Do you think the crowns in her, do you think the jewels in her crown are are hers or do you think it's been acquired in a distasteful manner? It's all from past colonialism and it just doesn't have any room in 21st century Britain. You know, furthermore, because she's head of state, hereditary head of state, she de facto is not allowed to make any political decisions. If she does, then she'll be considered a dictator. So through that, she, you know, the head of state, whether it's Queen Elizabeth or King Charles, although they can make political, political decisions, they're not sort of allowed to, because as soon as they do, they're considered a dictator. Now that puts us in a limbo because it means that we have no no upper house governance. So the prime minister can go and do 
shit like drag us out of the European Union, which, you know, to all extents and purposes, is an absolutely shit decision. So, yeah, circling back to the original question, does anyone give a shit? No. Is it going to change things? Yes. Are we celebrating her death? No. But I hope it's going to be a catalyst to see the decline of the royal family. And I hope people actually open their eyes and see how much resource they're pillaged from, you know, the Caribbean, Africa, Asia and elsewhere. I don't think we should look at them for any sort of motivation or any sort of, you know, feel good stories. They're all a bunch of pricks, to be honest. And they can't give a shit about me, you or anyone else. Yeah, and look, just to be really clear and transparent with my question, I mean, an individual died. You said you kind of said this, like you got to feel for the families and the individuals that are close to them. We we all we all can recognize that. But beyond that, I was just curious in terms of the sentiments of of the overall country. You know, look, if if one of our presidents um, died, even the ones that we probably didn't weren't weren't um, the most fond of, there would be a, a period of mourning. I don't. In this country, I don't know how much would close down. I don't. I don't for a period, long, long periods of time anyway. Um, so I, I'm always, I'm always fascinated and curious by how other countries and cultures react to the passing of of their leaders. Um, it, so that that's why a, that that's really where the question came from. It, I mean, okay, let's let's keep let's keep uh, my feelings and politics out of it. Let's just focus on the question: how much of a big deal it is. It is a big deal, uh, simply because of uh, the sort of magnitude of who she was. Yeah, um, We've seen many presidents come and go. We've seen many prime ministers come and go, many world leaders come and go throughout the entire sort of uh, duration of the last 78 years. There's only been one constant, one continuity, and that's been the queen. So she is, you know, highly revered. And, you know, let's Let's take world leaders away from it just for a sec. Go to go to Microsoft website, go to Google, go to Apple, go to whatever. On the front page, they have a RIP, the queen. You know, these tech companies don't need to do that, but they're choosing to because they understand the significance of, of, of this person passing away. Um, I think comparing her to a president passing away... Um, it, it it probably does have it's, it probably is on the same magnitude but it's also slightly different as well somewhat in the sense that well I guess and okay I'm going to say something and you know there's no nice way of putting this I, I don't mean to be a dick and if I am a dick please call me out on it I guess if a president passes away um, there'll always be another president but the queen has been seen as the queen. You know, whenever anybody in any part of the world says, oh, look at the queen, they already know, okay, they mean Queen Elizabeth II of Britain. Like, there's only one queen. Uh, you know, that's why it's a big deal. Yeah, the only thing I could liken it to, and I, I get your point, and point well taken on that, and then we're going to get to Kim over here. Um, the only thing I would compare it to is, you know, a Kennedy or a Lincoln, right? Obviously with those individuals when they passed, there was massive mourning because people looked at that and said, there'll probably never be another one of those. So I, I get your point, but Cam, you, you jumped in and, and threw your hand up. What's up? Hey, so you asked a question, how big a deal is the queen passing? 
it's a huge deal. You know, the English have colonized all but 20, I think it's 24 countries. So they are a huge deal. Um, my thoughts on her passing. She's, she seems like an amiable woman, but she oversaw a rule of brutality that we are seeing the repercussions for today all over the global majority. So I, you know, I can't sit here and sugarcoat her reign. But yes, I, I, I'm refraining from, you know, being outright um, inconsiderate is the words. I'm trying to choose my words carefully, but I think there's 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 a lot of feeling from all sides at her passing, and some of us see it as an opportunity for us to do away with the monarchy entirely. It stands for complete negativity and abuse, corruption. Um, and inequality. So I, I guess that there, there were lots of feelings flying around at the moment. I just wanted to jump in. Thank and you say, so much, Kemi. Thank you. I want to say I'm happy to hear from people that are actually like living in it, that are in that country. Because here in America, okay, because Black Twitter, we're like up in arms about it, and like we don't got nothing to do with that. Like. <laughs> Like, even what they were talking about, they are just, like, mentioning Princess Diana and, like, you know, doing the memes and stuff. But it really isn't relative to us at all. Like, it, it's hilarious, but it's really good to hear from people from the other side, like, who are actually, like, living in it. So it's great to hear you guys' insight. Y'all don't have to apologize to us. Like, we definitely are not, like, oh, they're being assholes, like, talking about the queen and the devil. Like, we the really, Americans, like, are... <laughs> Okay, I won't say it, but thank you guys for sharing your input. Yeah, I mean, no, I just, money, money, mom's correct on that. Go ahead, Stacey. yeah. No, I think Americans just we just harsh on uh, uh, people in political station or or anyway. We don't give a shit. Like, you know, it, there's no like, you know, we don't have to be um, polite about it. We don't have to be like, you know, um, yeah, we don't have to be polite. We can say whatever the hell we want and. And nobody would look at it as crazy. Not really, because we can say our president is a piece of shit. Or we can say, you know, whoever is a piece of shit, you know, we can say our political people in power are assholes and dickheads. But, you know, even even when they die, that's we do shit like that. So, you know, you don't have to you definitely don't have to apologize. You feel how you feel. And no, no, not, absolutely. You guys are well versed in irreverence, and that's a concept that's quite new to the Brits, who are very subject subjective, considering mm -hmm. that they you know, colonize so many countries. There's this deference to to higher uppers. There's this class. You know, everyone's so keen to be upper and middle class, and you know, to be seen to have certain things over here. And I, it's quite sad because you know we're just debt laden. That's all. But yeah, I remember, I think remember America. America is your, is your um your your dirty cousin that that uh went across went across the uh that you go visit right. We we're like yeah um the people y'all kicked out of the country, the prisoners and the and the um, the overly religious people. So you know, uh, I guess this is what you get after generations of that. So you know, I mean, welcome welcome over to you know your degenerate cousin side, I guess. <laughs> I think it's also important to like just think about it like this is the end of the second Elizabethan age so I, I think culturally this is a shift for all of us because we are kind of a gen we, we generationally are disposed to these kind of cultural moments to give us a reason to shift 
And I think that this is a great moment for, you know, so many different perspectives to sort of have the the vocal and the, uh, the space to actually thrive rather than it sort of being this kind of perpetual state that we've lived in for so many years. And I think it's important for us to really look at every community and how we as a global tribe can start to create a tapestry to integrate the entire world in the conversation and not isolate. I love that. And and plus King Charles III sounds so two centuries ago, right? So it's not really right? the, like it's not cute. It's like and I feel like we haven't had like I, I'm not too well up on my like King Charles's, but it, it sounds like there was problems in the past to that name somewhere. Yeah, they're all problematic, all of them. <laughs> when they when King Daquan. <laughs> I'm still laughing that you call us the dirty cousins. Because we are we are the dirty cousins. The dirty cousins. See, I was always obsessed with Dido Bell back in uh, what was it, the 16th century? Who was like one of the first like black aristocrats of the day and age. Like she was fascinating. She was, but I just wonder. I always wonder how they smelled back then because you know the the English had very poor hygiene, right? It was just terrible. You know, really, really bad. No, check out the French when, oh my God, they when they were talking about um, Versailles. Oh, the reality of Versailles, the fact that people yeah. just peed in corners yeah. of it. The, yeah. I, I mean, oof, oof. Did you watch that? Oh God. Yeah, I imagine everybody back then had, had issues no matter where you were. It wasn't like hygiene was something that you could very easily handle the way that you can today so no bro uh, no some places they, they dug a hole they went to the bathroom and they buried it in england no it wasn't that they threw it on the street no so so i watched a whole documentary about toilets and a lot of people used to put their uh, outhouse over rivers and they would just go in the outhouse and it'd be over a river so it just flow to where the rest of their water sources, I guess. But yeah, I watch just if anybody has any questions about toilets, I watched the whole documentary. About when wet free toilet space. <laughs> How does it always get so shitty? I wasn't talking about, first of all, <laughs> toilets. I'm just talking about regular hygiene of people back then that didn't have the ability to just take a hot shower in the middle of the day whenever they wanted to. That's and y'all went, y'all went to toilets. Would you bucket, say a bucket in Africa, a little bucket and some, you know, some coil made out of, you know, shredded, um, shredded bark. You know, you sell, you get, you go to Whole Foods and you pay like twenty quid for a loofah these days. You know, we that was what we bathed with. You know, it's very simple stuff. I was about to say, if they don't go jump in the river, the lake, I'm sure it wasn't that much pollution. You, you could just be like, oh, I'm going to go bathe and then just go walk into the river. Like it wasn't, it couldn't have been that hard. But speaking of royals, I. And speaking of toilets, they used to have like people who were like servants and they didn't leave to use the bathroom. So they would just take a dump like right in a little bowl and then the servants would just take it away. So really wait, gross. Wait, what so, was it called again? What was it called again? The, the, the what? The person who, who collected yeah. it? I don't know. I don't know their exact name. The, but know that they, the chambermaid. Chambermaid. Because it was a chamber pot. That's right. They would do their business in front of everybody at a party and act like it was normal. So just for everybody's information. So jail is pretty fancy, huh? All right, then we're getting off subject. 
You gotta wonder if the human. Anybody that came in to listen to London Fashion Week is getting a really rude awakening at this moment. Apparently, it's so, shitty. So, I mean, <laughs> can I can I just can I ask why you named it London Fashion Week? Is that a ruse so that you don't get rugs? No. <laughs> no, we were talking about London Fashion Week and how it got canceled due to the, um, you know, the passing of the Queen, and uh, one kind of wondering like what's what's going to happen. I mean, it's not fully canceled yet. Some people pulled out, right? If I'm not mistaken, Matt. There's a big backlash because people spent money, and nobody's talking about how they're going to get a refund during this cost of living crisis that was manufactured by our ineffectual. Mm-hmm. I, I brought that up earlier. So I reckon the off schedule uh, will go ahead. It's just the people like Vogue and the people sponsored by the British Fashion Council, those people won't go ahead. But I reckon the, the, the kind of edgy lot, the younger lot will go ahead. Yeah, I brought that point up earlier. They, they, that's just, those people, those are the people that can't afford to just throw money away. Because um, I guarantee you, most of them aren't, aren't being refunded um, based on everything that I've, I've ever known about situations like that. Exactly that. Sorry, I jumped off jumped on just as you were finishing up. So, yeah, exactly. You know what it's like, and it's tough out there at the moment. Okay, back to back to the subject of fashion. May is going to lead us into um, a wonderful. A wonderful history of London Fashion Week, right, Matt? Go. Oh, oh! I'm supposed to know the history of London Fashion Week. Well, technically, it, it was like Charles James back then. I, no, I, I do not know the proper history. I, I, I can go through the history of the bustles. The bustles a fun one. It goes sure, up, go down, up, down, side, now back. That's how I'd remember it for school. <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead. History, history lesson, fashion week. Go. Of what, uh, what do you want to know? I, I. That's such a generic topic. There's been many a fashion show. It was presentations first, then, you know, shows, stunts, the gaggery well, of it all. Well, I have a question. I have a question then. So, like, I didn't know that there was a London Fashion Week. I guess before or at the same time as New York. You know, like Fashion Week. So I don't know. Could you talk about that? Like, what are you expecting um, for for New York? I think it starts next week. Like, what are you expecting for for New York? And how do you think London may play a part in it? Or or what are your thoughts about what's coming up next week? I think it's next week. I think. Well, for New York right now, uh, it's going to be mostly a focus on new designers. Uh, I think. It's very much a city desperate for newness. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's become quite stale. I'm I'm interested honestly to see how a lot of these companies are integrating in the digital sphere, the digital sphere, because it's the first kind of inroads. I know they're doing the keys for some of the events. I might be going to the Vogue event as well, where they're going to be celebrating a lot of different designers, and I'm excited to see you know, how we have the ability now to, you know, do more guerrilla stuff because it's not necessarily centered around one necessary tent. So there's a lot of opportunity in the next upcoming week. I'm not too hopeful, unfortunately, but I think there's still the potential for some interesting projects to come out of this. 
I know Fendi's doing a big 25-year anniversary of the baguette, or the, yeah, the baguette, and uh, who else is doing things? There's some other designers doing stuff. Super Super Rare is actually doing a whole, um, I think it's like a crypto crypto art couture um, to coincide that goes from the 9th to the 14th. Oh, yeah, um, I saw that. Afterpay did a whole collection with like five designers that sold out almost instantly which which was a little odd for me because I, I didn't even i didn't know some of them um uh but they're doing a big thing there that that um that's a digital experience oh, they better they better uh watch watch what they use in these articles um and, and i know there's a number of other things going on i know the cfda is actually doing something too i think with um with Polygon, don't quote me on that, but I'm 99.9% sure that they're doing something with Polygon during um, New York Fashion Week as well. I don't know if anybody's heard of anything else. Let me find my list. Okay, the full schedule. So, Parenza already went off, or that was today. All right, so today was Parenza... And, okay, tonight is Fendi. And then tomorrow, Altazura, Cushion, no, Jason Wu, Siriano, Tibby. Oh, Marnie's doing something tomorrow night. I guess Marnie's doing something that's a fidgetal? Yeah, I saw that too. And also... um Puma is doing a metaverse experience at during during the week as well. So what we were talking about earlier, I think, is going to be that Black Station that I mentioned is going to be in conjunction with with Fashion Week. So they're doing something with that as well. Oh, I'm excited for Willie Shaveria. So do you think that because the London situation is going on, people are going to want to attend the New York Fashion Week if if we don't shut it down, which we probably won't? Meh. What is that, Matt? <laughs> that was a quick math. I, I think they will. I think you'll find that it's it's well attended because they didn't get to do London as well as they would have liked uh, for fear of um, upsetting certain quarters. I, I think they're all just going to go straight away to uh, Milan. Like that. Well, you don't thoughts. think we hold? You don't think we hold any weight, huh? You think we're um, like? At the Saks party, there wasn't any of the European market there. So, I mean, yeah, the U.S. is kind of paying attention to itself. But, you know, predominantly, as far as who is attending and who's present, you know, there was more people at Art Basel as far as, like, people that (laughs) are really making moves within the industry. I got a question and we'll go to money mom. Uh, and this is a legit question. Cause now I'm thinking about this. How many, how long do you think it'll take before a majority of the designers are doing digital shows? Cause I know that there's actually, believe it or not. I mean, we, we might not know this, but there are a lot actually going on during this fashion week. Um, and I'm just curious to know the thoughts of the group. If, if that will be, if we'll see a majority of them within the next probably year or so, um, because I know, that the last few have seen an increase um, tenfold uh, over each other. Money, mom. I'm just, 
Yeah, so my com- I'm going to say my comment, but my question was similar to Clubhouse's. So my comment is no one wants to come to America where everybody don't care. They all being willy-wally about COVID and everybody got monkeypox, okay? Nobody's coming here. I think Matt is right. They're going to go to Milan. They have better health situation going on there. Um, and, you know, nobody likes us, so nobody likes our president. Um, and... And then as far as my question, my question was about uh, VR or AR, like being incorporated into fashion and like, is any of the up and coming like designers, like do any of them have like a a focus of that? Like any of them like incorporating that into their shows that you guys know of? Yeah, that was what we were just kind of, I I was skimming through some things. There are several shows um, that that appear as if they're going to have what they call digital experiences. Um, I don't know. I, I got to dig in a little bit further on the articles to see if that's going to be an AR, which would be super cool, um, or if that's going to be. I don't. I, I don't think it's fully immersive like VR. Um, although I've seen a, I have seen a show that, that had something similar to that going on, but um, but I do know it'll incorporate some sort of NFT slash blockchain um, experience where you can interact both digitally and physically with, with what's going on there. Um, I just got to dig into, you know, there, there's a, there, there actually are quite a few going on. And I don't know if Matt has any, any alpha on any of that. Alpha Matt. I mean, I think there's going to be more and more. Um, it's going to take a while for them to really take on the technology to do it because I I don't think they're really trying to expand that way because I don't think they're seeing the profit margins because you know most of the brands that are engaging are necessarily ones that also can hit to a youth market so I think part of the issue right now is unless it's a brand that's going to have a slightly youth conscious division that's not just looking at like upper 20-somethings end up, you're not going to be reaching that demographic yet as far as me thinking of who's going to really engage in the space. Because, you know, even when they started doing uh, presentations and uh, uh, film presentations in, what was it, like uh, Ruth Hogden doing Gareth Pugh's show all in the video, you know, everyone was like, oh, this is the death of the runway. And, you know, in a way, it did open the doors for a lot of brands to be able to do this, but it didn't necessarily take on water because still the core buyer that's buying most of the runway pieces, like in Okator, you have to see it in person. You can't really, in any other way, uh, connect with it to purchase unless you're seeing it in person and it also has to be formed to you. But ready to wear i think is going to have more of an opportunity i think more of the fast fashion brands are going to take on that opportunity but i think more so brands that are going to be based in design are going to try and really heighten the physicalized experience i I know phoebe philo is supposed to be coming back and i doubt that she's going to be engaging as much on like the tech side and kind of give a more thrust towards you know, the handcraft, it's more so if she's going to then also have a team, say, that is going to build up a tech side of the industry as well as the handcraft side. I don't know. There's a lot of ways that it can develop, but necessarily, I don't think it's one's going to overweigh the other. I think both are going to live parallel. Did you... 
I, I was gonna say, do you think that they'll incorporate AR like wit couture, like to try on later? Like, so you had the regular fashion show where you can see it, but then like kind of trying it on, like seeing how it looks, seeing how it looks on yourself, like you know the those like mirrors or you know even um, kind of a VR experience or something like that. I I think digitally native. Uh, designers are going to be the digital couturiers. I, I think the physical couturiers, they can operate in that way. Like Atelier it take it is an entirely different process. I, I think, yeah, you can try on like a digital replica of it, of one of the pieces that's made or a digital parallel, but uh, that doesn't have the same, uh, you know, weight as, an actual haute couture piece because it's wearing art and it's also wearing something that's fundamentally made for your body. So it's a little bit tricky in that kind of a context, but when it does come to, you know, more ready to wear fashion, it is a little bit more open to that kind of duplication. Um, Matt, you should look at the Fairchild Museum down on Walker and uh, in Soho, WWD. I'm so curious, since you're like boots on the ground, of what the WWD metaverse is actually going to look like. Wait, send me that? Yeah, I'll send you. Just send me a list of everything right now. I I, I need to know. Yeah, you should. This is going on tonight and tomorrow night. Um, From tomorrow, it's 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And I'll I'll DM you the link. Um, But... When people throw around the word metaverse, uh, especially coming from somebody like WWD, I'm really curious to see what they consider a metaverse experience. All right, everybody, it's time for bed, time to wrap everything up. Let's go. We're rugging the space right now. <laughs> Stacky's hungry and she's got to go eat. No, no, no. You know what, though? I did, I did just eat, and then I feel like I want to die because I should never eat any food. So <laughs> I've, been doing, I've been doing a juice cleanse, you know, to get to kind of get ready for Art Basel in December. So, you know, there's that. Yeah, I'm starting now. <laughs> what, you were going to fast until then? No, 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 no. Just some juicing. I really well, need to see. do it. I needed to do it for my, my health also. But it felt good for the first uh, three days. And then all of a sudden, I just needed food. But I, I ate something light, and I'm going to go back. You know? But there's that. Dupe. Well, then, Staggy, you want to roll it down? I'm starving anyway. I have to be able to fit in the clothes that Matt picks for me um, for Fashion Week. I mean, not for Fashion Week, for Art Basel. Like... <laughs> for London I... Fashion oh, Week. Who's all, going to... <laughs> who's all going to Art Basel, actually? That's a good question. Matt, are you going? I'm going. Raise your hand if you want to. Y'all be there. Yeah, yes, let's go. All the, all the women going to Art Basel, uh, contact me. All the guys, uh, good luck with your travels. <laughs> Love y'all. Wait, I'm really closing. I was joking. Oh no! Oh, I don't know. Out. We're all sitting here listening. I'm to so you. All right, everybody well, wants I'm, to go to Chicago. It's, it's one. It's about to be one a.m. where I'm at, and I was yeah, wide awake. Coming to Chicago, I appreciate it. Too. No, no, Wait, no, it's all good. So were you in a cafe? Because it was like loud at one point. You were eating. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. One o'clock. Yeah, I, was, I need to be with you at. No, no, no. I'm in I'm in Copenhagen, um, in Denmark, but I was I was eating. I was, so I was like a 
yeah, it's a, it was a diner. So I was sitting there eating like a, yeah, some pizza. Um, cause everywhere else closes super early here. <laughs> so yeah, but now like, what were you doing over there? I'm still here. Um, I got friends here actually. I used to live here, um, in, in Copenhagen back in 2019. And so just because my job is so lovely now where I can just like do whatever, whenever and work and work. Yeah. From a computer or whatever, I just start traveling. You know, thank God for Web3. So it's been plenty of blessings. So, yeah. Yes. Congrats, girl. Love it. I was just like, hold on. She said one o'clock. Wait a minute. It was a lot of crackling going on in the background. She sounded like she was eating something. I was trying, you know, I'm a detective. So I'm trying to see what was going on. You nosy detective. That's a good word for it. But all right, everybody, since it's time for some people's bedtime, I guess we can can wrap it up. Okay. I think everybody uh pretty much is is tired. The week is long and uh people are drained from a lot of talking about the queen. So we'll see you next time. And also, yeah, if you retweeted the space today, I just wanted to let you know you re- you received the automatic DM. Go ahead and check out that link. It is the mint site for Clubhouse. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and check it out. It's not a bot. It's coming from me. Um, well, it is a bot. It's my bot, but it's coming from me. So check it out. It's a stacky bot. It's a stacky bot. Oh, I like that. Oh, a start. A start. Not You're a so start. Not to be confused with it. I was just going to say y'all got started. <laughs> Bye, James. All right, everybody. Bye-bye. I appreciate you. Love y'all. All right. Bye.